This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hi folks, be sure to visit my website at dr-history.com for a short personal video message, to listen to the latest stories, and to leave a comment. And without any further talking or squawking or anything, here's Dr. History. Good morning, Zab. How you doing? I am good. How are you? Great, great. i got to start out with a little hi or hello to... Uh, I was at the pit stop yesterday, and so I want to say hi to Mike and Mike and Dan at the pit stop. They, are, they turn their radio on every week in the shop to listen to us. Well, good deal. They should leave the radio right there, then they wouldn't have to worry about turning it on. <laughs> well, I didn't I didn't go that far. Oh, okay, well, I will. <laughs> okay. Um, I want to compliment you on a couple of things. First of all, we've tried to, you know, get to all the stories, different types of stories of the Old West that a lot of them uh, center right here in Magic Valley. A lot of them are for the Western heritage. And last week, we were talking about trail drives. And, uh, you know, there's there's a lot uh, that you see on TV that might be true, and then there's a lot that's just plain Hollywood. You know what? That leads right into what I'm going to talk about. That's what I thought. Notice how professionally we I did I know. That. You'd think we had that plan. Oh, my. No rehearsal. <laughs> okay. So we start out. There's a, a fellow who was looking at a lady who was an artist, uh-huh. uh, looking at her painting. and I, I don't know where you're going here. <laughs> but this this painting was, she got her uh, information from movies and Hollywood and TV. Yeah. So obviously the painting was totally uh, out of character yeah. of what really uh, happened, you know. And right. I mean, artists can draw from imagination, but they make mistakes. And, and this lady said to this guy, she says, well, don't cowboys just eat beans? Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. If they had beans every day, they'd not stay too long in that camp. Uh, so we're don't go there. Okay, so we're going to talk about the chuck wagon and the food that uh, that went along with it. So anyway, uh, you know, whenever they wanted beef to eat, they'd go cut a critter out of the herd, butcher it. So on roundups, the cowboys were seldom without fresh beef. And on many large outfits, say with oh, 20 to 30 men, a beef was usually butchered about every other day. Yeah, and what about the preservation from day to day? Well, today? that's why it was usually gone within two days. It had to be. It had to be gone, yeah. yeah. So cowboys ate uh, th- uh, three times a day uh, while it lasted. Uh, the cook served beef fried, boiled, 
either as is or in a big stew or roasted. He cooked it either in frying pans, kettles, or Dutch ovens. And like Mushy used to say on Rawhide, you'll just take it the way I give oh, it to right. you. That's <laughs> right. I do a little Dutch oven cooking. Yeah. I enjoy it. It's kind of fun. Oh, really? Yeah. So I, does Deanne. Does she? Okay. Yeah, she's yeah, good. I, it's fun. Yeah. But, you know, in a Dutch oven, he could cook it all three of these ways. Uh, when he fried it in a Dutch oven, most outfits had two or more Dutch ovens at least. Yeah. Probably more. Oh, they had to. Yeah. But uh, you could leave it in until it was almost done, and then you could take it out and put it in a large kettle to finish cooking, keep it hot while he baked biscuits in the Dutch oven. Ooh. So oh, doesn't that sound good? It does. <laughs> you know who else is good at Dutch oven is my old buddy Kent Benson. Oh, We yeah. ought to all three get together and make a Cook big something. Dutch oven. That'd be fun. Oh, yeah. my. But he often cooked uh, beef gravy to go with the biscuits, and also spuds were a frequent item on the Roundup menu. Syrup was usually available for uh, pancakes, you know, flapjack or biscuits. And now these, I always call them pancakes. They call them flapjacks or hotcakes. Yeah. Were cooked occasionally, all depending on the cook's pleasure. Uh, the drawback was it took too long to fry enough to satisfy 20 to 30 appetites when breakfast was always kind of a hurried meal. Yeah. So the cowboys could go rope the horses as soon as it was light enough to pick out the ones they wanted. So you know, take a long time because I'm gonna. I'm gonna guess they're gonna eat at least three or four pancakes each. Oh or yeah, more. Yeah. yeah. But breakfast was always eaten by lantern and campfire light. So early morning, an early start was necessary in order for the circle riders to be from six to ten miles from camp by sunup. They wanted to be down the trail. Yeah. yeah. So now another favorite food on Roundup was a pudding called Son of a Gun in the Sack, but. <laughs> <laughs> Son of a gun what? Son of a gun in a sack pudding. I see. Did you eliminate some of the words? I, I may have altered just you a little. You altered some. How dare you change the course of history? Son of a gun in a sack pudding. And you can take those words lightly. Yes. Anyway, so here's how they made this. This pudding was a byproduct of a beef butchering. Ooh. And... It contains sweet bread, which are the organs, yeah, okay, yeah. brains, kidneys, and whatever else. Uh, oh, it sounds good. It, oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> let me sell, tell you what else. They put in flour, rice, raisins, yeah. sugar, shortening, and, again, whatever was handy that just got kind of thrown in the mix. Yeah. Okay. Now, after the cook had mixed this uh up, he crammed it into a cloth bag. Ooh. Okay. Now, this fit loosely into a large Arbuckle coffee can or some other such device. Now, are you familiar with Arbuckle coffee? You know, it was the it was the coffee. Yeah, back then. it was. Yeah, this was the brand of coffee that was most popular, used on ranches and roundups, and it came in cans actually as large as five and ten gallon cans. There was an actor back in the twenties and thirties by the name of Fatty Arbuckle. Okay, yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, you'd remember that. I, I remember that. <laughs> you know. Anyway, in those old days, it didn't come. Uh, all, uh, coffee didn't come already ground, so the cook had a grinder attached to the grub box, and he would grind the coffee himself. Yeah. So. The way the cowboys squid coffee down by the gallon, it didn't take long to go through five or ten gallons supplies of of, of coffee. Yeah. Now, getting back to this son of a gun stuff. Yeah, I can't wait to hear this. Pudding. <laughs> anyway, after putting the pudding in the sack and water, he boiled it at least three hours, sometimes longer. When it was done and cooled off, the sack was peeled back. And the loaf, so now we've got a loaf of this stuff, all right? Are you with me? I've trimmed. Okay. It was sliced and could be eaten. Ooh. It was sliced, like I guess, like a loaf of bread. 
So one slice of this concoction, about a half inch thick, was almost a meal in itself. Really? So they could just take it with them on their horse. Uh, and it would stick. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of things I want to say okay, here, but I, I, I can't. Sh- I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> so anyway, it's, it was as good or better than beans, and nothing good compared to it, not even beans. And, and it know, was called Son of a Gun. gun. <laughs> In a sack. In a sack. <laughs> That's exactly what it says right here on my paper. You are telling the truth. <laughs> this is a family show, Zed. Yeah, you know, know me. Know, know. All right. So, anyway, back to beans. You know, beans were also often on the Roundup and ranch menus, and a 50- or 100-pound sack didn't take up much room in the chuck wagon, So, and beans were easily cooked, and cowboys liked them. They went a long way toward feeding the crew of 20 to 30 cowboys, so... And I've got to say, I make a really good baked bean Dutch oven dish. Do you really? Oh, yeah. What's in it? Oh, I, just like this, I put in everything. Son of a gun. I put in a lot of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, you know, uh, so next to or ahead of beans were potatoes, and yeah. they were not only filling, but it was easy to make beef gravy to go with them. And other must items were desserts or dried fruits, prunes being the most popular. I can imagine why. <laughs> We're going to move right along. (laughs) Now, fruits, okay, they could be stewed or made into pies or cobblers, easily cooked in Dutch ovens. And and you've had that in Dutch ovens. Deanne makes a mean peach cobbler. But, uh, you know, uh, uh, the pudding, there was another pudding called Spotted Pup. I've heard of that. Have you? Okay. And it was really nothing but a rice pudding. Yeah. But the Roundup Cook had their own way of making it. They used mostly what they call the three R's, rice, rolled oats, and raisins. And, again, anything else, they took a notion. Now, that I could handle. Yeah, that's not bad. That I could handle, yeah. So, uh, spotted pup is what that was called. Okay. Now, contrary to general opinion, most cowboys were well-fed. I mean, they ate higher on the hog than you and I probably. Yeah. and better than most workers on other jobs where where board and room was furnished. I have read books to where the number one thing that they loved was pie. Oh, yeah, I'll bet. Wow. Yeah. You know, pie on the, yeah. But a cowboy's life of long hours, hard work, demanded that he eat plenty, you know, of food. I mean, he's going long days, and they're going, what, four or five months on this trail. Now... There were some uh, tightwad ranchers who skipped on what they fed their employees, and uh, the help didn't stick around. The cook, or I should say even on the ranches themselves, that was the person. Oh, yeah. And a lot of guys in the old days of the books that I've read, uh, they asked before they signed on for a job who the cook was. Yeah, I'm sure they did, because, yeah. you know, if you're going to work those hours and the weather of all kinds, you want to be well-fed. Yeah. But a Roundup cook, in addition to being a good cook had to be fast enough at the job to have meals on time, especially breakfast and dinner. Now, that would... How many guys are you talking about? 20 Maybe to 30. About 20 to 30 guys on right. a crew. Yeah. And they're going to hit that breakfast line, and they don't have a lot of time. No. So they had to be pretty efficient. Well, and, it, you know, if he was even 10 minutes late in getting breakfast, and this caused the cowboys to be delayed in getting to their horses, there could be heck to pay from the foreman. Oh, yeah. Uh, supper could be more of a leisure meal of the day, because by then most of the day's work was about, over. Th- now, did they come in for lunch at all? Yes. Or did they just grab some meals. sandwiches or something? There were three meals, and I'm yeah. going to describe what they okay. had in each meal. All right. Yeah. 
Grand Canyon University's RN to BSN online degree program makes earning your bachelor's in nursing possible. Balance online coursework with local in-person clinicals to position yourself for potential leadership opportunities in the time you have from wherever you are. Leaving room for what matters. Achieve your goals with your personalized plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. But uh, there were occasions, though, when an otherwise good cook failed to make good as a roundup cook. Right. And often he didn't realize what in the heck he was getting into, but he soon found out cooking on a roundup was different than any other cooking job he'd ever had. So you took a, a rookie cook and stick him in with a bunch of cowboys, you know, he'd better learn quick or he's out of a job. Uh, he so, could be even worse than that. <laughs> yeah, yes. uh, I mean, you think about his hours. Yeah. They were terrible and endless. And the conditions that he had to do and work with were unlike any he'd encountered before. I mean, you think about the storms. I mean, rain, sleet, uh, heat, all that stuff. Yeah. So, anyway. What, what about, and maybe I'm jumping ahead here, but what about the the hygiene, the cleanliness? Well, they, they had those hand sanitizers. Yeah, buddy. Uh-huh. <laughs> anyway, you know, he had to roll out of his bed in time to have breakfast ready. At 3.30 a.m. Wow. 3.30 a.m. Right. So that made his sleeping time short when he couldn't uh, knock off work until after all the supper dishes were washed and taken care of. And that was between 3 and 4 o'clock in the afternoon. So it's no wonder some Roundup cooks have the reputation of being a little bit cantankerous. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Just a little. In fact, there's one cook. Uh, he was a bit of a, they call him a misfit. He seldom had meals on time, especially breakfast. He never cooked what the cowboys liked. Also, he was no teamster uh, because, you know, it's the Roundup Cook's job to drive the four-horse or mule team used in moving the chuck wagon from one camp to the next. And this cook was actually afraid of his mules. Where did you say they found his body? (laughs) Well, we're we're getting to that. We're getting to that. Well, so one morning, he didn't roll out of bed and start breakfast. So the foreman went ahead and cooked breakfast without bothering to wake him up. When the outfit was all packed and ready to leave, the cook was still in his bedroll. I see. (laughs) So this foreman wrote out his uh, time, laid out his check under the cook's hat with a rock on it, and pulled out without him. The last they saw of him, he was still lying in his bedroll, miles from anywhere out on the lone prairie. Uh Uh-huh. I think. He got fired. And he wasn't able to just stop at the neighborhood fast food and try no, to get another job. No, I don't doesn't say what happened to I him. See. But anyway, a roundup cook would always assume himself lord and master of an area around his chuck wagon. Yeah, that was that sacred. was serious. Yep. And you know, woe to any cowboy who dared trespass on this area while the cook was at work. Absolutely. You just didn't sneak in there. Yep. This yep. was uh yeah, anywhere close to the cooking fire. Now, a cook had no time to be hindered in his work by cowboys crowding around his cooking fire. Remember the movie, i got to interject this, Red River with John Wayne? Uh, Remember of. that? And it also starred uh, Walter Brennan and okay. others. And at one scene where a cowboy, he had a sweet taste for sugar. And he went over to the chuck wagon, and he got the sugar, and he dipped in. And when he did, he knocked over the pots and pans and started a stampede. Oh. And they literally whipped him almost to death for that. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, like I say, that was sacred ground. And, you know, when cowboys wanted a fire to warm up, they'd build one uh, if wood was available and gather around it. And this was called a bull fire. Yeah. So you didn't stand around the cook's fire. 
to get warm. That's right. So naturally, there were strict rules governing the conduct around a chuck wagon. All cowboys had to follow. The most strict was no horses were allowed near the wagons or the cook's fire. Now, didn't he have a gopher working for him? Like on Some, Rawhide, the TV series Wishbone had yeah. the guy named Mushy. Yeah, and I... and. I think they did at times, yeah. and I would think that would be good to have somebody else, to, you know, to help yeah. with uh, washing up and yeah. stuff. But you didn't hang around. Uh, the horses didn't weren't near the chuck wagon. Anyway, it was hard enough to keep the area around a chuck wagon clean without pollution caused by horse droppings. Oh, really? <laughs> and should some thoughtless uh, rider ride or lead his horse too close to the chuck wagon, he was. Uh, taking his life in his hands yeah. because the cook usually had a butcher knife in his hand. Yes, he did. But, you know, photos of old-time chuck wagons with cowboys sitting on their horses close by, uh, no, not true. No. That, that didn't happen. Uh-uh. But, uh, you know, to show how untrue some of these Western artists are, uh, there was a painting of a cowboy rasping or working on his horse's hoof, and it was close to the chuck wagon. Mm-mm. His horse is reaching over and gobbling up a biscuit from a yeah, pan. Not, uh, no. No. Not, that never happened. No, they had their own little domain, and you'd better not get yeah, in yeah, there. Yep. But no real-life uh, roundup cook would be dumb enough to turn his back on a cowboy who was also dumb enough to bring his horse close to the chuck wagon. Right. Uh, anyway, so, you know, some of the artist stuff is, you know, it's art, and it's they take a lot of uh, freedom, I guess. So let me describe the meals. Yeah, I want to hear. Hurry, get to the good okay, part. All right, okay. So for breakfast, okay, coffee, sourdough biscuits, chuck wagon chicken, which actually was fried bacon. Really? They called uh, some salt pork, and they called it sow bosom, salt pork. Really, and if lucky, uh, some eggs. Sometimes they called that yeah. hen fruit. Yeah, uh, but that spoiled easily, and so they didn't have that a lot. But and, I know a lot of them. They grabbed those great big biscuits and crammed them full of the sourdough or the uh, the pork, yeah. and then headed out. Yeah, yeah. Now for dinner, this was the noon meal: coffee, more salt pork, fried steak, and what they call Mexican strawberries, which are beans. Yeah. Okay. Now for supper over in the evening. Coffee and beef, usually pot roast, short ribs, or son-of-a-gun stew. Yeah, right. <laughs> More beans and maybe some tomatoes. And when chow was ready, cook, we, cook would yell, chuck away. Chuck away. Chuck away. Chuck away. And the cowboys would come a-running. Did they have any pecking order as to who could go first and who had to go last? I, I believe the guys that had to go out on the first watch yeah. probably ate first. Yeah. Okay. So. But uh, now, uh, talking about the chuck wagon, which you and I have just already talked about, uh, you know, they were mobile kitchens of the open range. They carried all the grub, the chow, food, and a whole lot more when the cowboys hit the trail. And no trail boss would leave home without one. And Texas paddle, panhandle cattleman Charles Goodnight, right. co-founder of the Goodnight Loving Trail, is cra- credited with dreaming up the chuck wagon. And that was in 1866. Yeah, and they really, they had uh, quite a few designs that they started with and changed and altered. Yeah. Because that chuck wagon had to have everything yeah. in it. Yeah, and, and I would guess that sometimes the cook could kind of customize his, uh, say, add this or take yeah. this way or move this. Yeah. Yeah. So, But uh, uh, the rear of his reinforced wagon was fitted with a chuck box, yep. and this is for transporting and cooking food. Uh, his practical invention, uh, Goodnight, caught on. I mean, it, uh, in fact, it, some people thought it should be called uh, uh, Chuck Goodnight, yeah. <laughs> the Chuck Goodnight yeah. wagon. Yeah. 
But uh, but they all had. I don't have a drawing in front of me like you do, but I think the original concept was to have this table kind of swing down, which was kind of the father, if you will, of all the camp tables that are you can buy at stores now. Yeah, yeah just like that. Like there that, you go. Right there. <clears throat> but here are the the exact chuck wagon rules. Okay. okay. Must not touch any food until cookies call. Must not allow yourself or your horse to kick up dust around the food. First come, first served. So that answers that yeah, question. There you go. Uh, but must not take the last morsel of anything until everyone has gotten a plateful. Uh. So you never took it all. Anyone refilling his coffee cup must fill his fellow's cups. If someone yells, quote, man at the, man at the pot. Man at the pot. If you yelled, man at the pot, I guess that means bring it over here and give me some coffee. I see. Now, when finished eating, you must toss food scraps in what they called a squirrel can and plates in what they called the wreck pan for really? washing. Really? Now, above all, must not complain or do anything else that might set off an ill-tempered cookie, the uncrowned king of the range. You just took it? Shut up and thank them. <laughs> you did. Yeah. Uh, do we have a few more minutes? Uh, I've, I've only got one minute left. Okay. Uh, let me just see if I can find something here. Okay. Um, well, we could do it again next week. I I think we pretty well covered it. Yeah. yeah. We're good. Okay. But you, you, yeah. Now keep in mind too the the chuck wagon also carried the bedrolls, guns, ammunition, and ropes. spare clothing. Spare clothing, yep. an extra wagon wheel, yep. horseshoes, uh, all the slickers, kerosene lanterns. Yeah, and to repair the leather. Exactly. All, yeah, all the stuff needed yeah. uh, for the cowboys. Yeah. So. It was really a very innovative wagon. It really was. Yeah. And, you know, today, you know, they do have these uh, chuck wagon stampede races. Up at Calgary and oh. everything. But, boy, I'll tell you what, they are they're really light and ready to fly. They don't have them like they had back in the old west. Yeah, I would love to go see that okay. one of these days. Dr. History, you hit a home run again today. Thank you, Zeb. All right, buddy.